4: The Telegraph. Telegraph. Podcasts.
3: Berets, bouclets and a scale replica of the left bank. Paris Couture shows are underway, providing high fashion for the deep-pocketed and high fashion style inspiration for the rest of us. You're listening to Fashion Unzipped. Thanks for joining us. I'm Charlie Gowans-Eglinton, and with me in the studio are Beth and Holt, Victoria Moss and Caroline Leeper. In today's episode, we'll be covering everything from Brigitte Macron's make-under to the women taking style cues from Britain's duchesses. But first, Lisa Armstrong is in Paris for the couture shows and joins us on the phone. So far, she's seen an Audrey Hepburn inspired collection from royal wedding dress designer Claire Waite Keller at Givenchy, beret-topped elegance at Dior and zipped tweed at Chanel. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. Where are you speaking from? I was just
1: doing some Instagramming on my bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the glamour. I've, you want glamour? I've just been writing up my Vetnaut experience, which involved me sitting under the periphery, which is basically the M25 in Paris, but <laughs> a lot less pretty. Sitting under the M25 at a, a table with a nylon frilly tablecloth, watching just... It was the weirdest fashion show I've ever been to because that area where it was is very uh, kind of poor and, and there was a shantytown right uh, but I think I was the only one that saw, saw the shantytown because I got the tube everyone else was in black limos and I got, I got a very good view of the shantytown I was really quite shocked to see that I mean there are loads of beggars on the streets here as there are in London but it was just such a provocative sighting of the show because he must have known it was there yeah. I mean god it was bad enough just being under the periphery sitting in all that smog in a car park. I mean, it was, you couldn't make it up. But hey, the glories of fashion. And then we went straight from that to a 17th century uh, palais uh, to see the Givenchy shoe. And how was that? I loved it. You've only got to play me a bit of Moon River by Audrey Hepburn, and I'm pucky. But it was, it was very, very beautiful. I mean, there was, it, it's sort of, it's quite interesting. It made me realize that um, Hubert de Givenchy was quite. Um, He was quite experimental in his day, very experimental and originated quite a lot of things. Um, I mean, obviously the neckline we all know about, but there was a very, very high collar that sort of practically obliterated one of the model's faces. That sort of could have been something out of Mm. Balenciaga, but was, you know, did reference a dress that he made for Audrey Hepburn back in the early 60s. You know, just beautiful, narrow trousers and column dresses really sort of embellished but they didn't look in any way vulgar. I mean I she's God, she's mastered that, the the sort of the the kind of um she's got to the core of, of Hubert de Givenchy's Givenchy really quickly. It's impressive.
0: And Lisa, I'm intrigued what the what were the explicit references, if any, to Audrey Hepburn? Because obviously as soon as that show happened, everyone was kind of talking about oh it Audrey Hepburn but actually, when, when I was reading back a lot of it, it was Claire's tribute to Hubert. Um, did she actually say anything about Audrey or did that just come through in the music and the fact well, that I, Audrey I think, wore those I think, clothes? I
1: think I think it started with the music and the necklines and the marrow dresses. And there was something very architectural about all those cutaway fronted capes. You know, they were very curved at the front. So that, to me, all looked quite Audrey-esque in the architectural. But, you know, if you watch charade. That movie in particular, which is one of my favourite of her films, it, it, not just for the sort of the chemistry with um, Cary Grant, but just the plot and the clothes. There was, there was a lot of that feel. She wore an orangey-red coat in that film, I think. or it is not matter. And there was orange in the shirt. It, it was sort of, maybe it was more subliminal flashes. I actually said to her afterwards, have you watched, have you just been watching every single Audrey film before you designed this? And she said, well, not recently, no. I, I don't know that it was explicitly Audrey, but I think the thing is you can't really separate the two because they worked together for 30 years. And although everyone thinks when they think of Audrey, they think, oh, early 60s, maybe late 50s, you know, that beat Nikki period she went through in, in uh, Funny Face. Um, but but they worked right through, the you know, the 70s, 80s.
0: I love your reference to um, her having had a perm and everyone forgetting that.
1: <laughs> I know, me included. I, I sort of, you know, I think we all tactfully overlook that. But, well, I mean, it was the time, wasn't it, the period you... <laughs> Selective that was, hearing. That, yeah,
3: selective, selective memory. You've talked about a kind of return to elegance. Is that the mood that you're taking from Paris?
1: Yes, it is. But elegance, I mean, elegance is one of those words that I tend to associate with Little Britain and ladies. And, you know, it's become a sort of, um, it's a bit naff, isn't it, elegance? It was the Givenchy show that was very glamorous, but not in a tacky, met ball way, not in a, God, let's throw all the fireworks and the kitchen sink at it way. Uh, And then there was Maria Grazia Curie at Dior saying that she was trying to sort of do a couture that was almost, its couturiness was a secret to the wearer. You know, it was all internal. There wasn't a lot of flashbang wallop on the dresses. In the first half, it did go a bit of flashbang wallop in the second half. Uh, but my favourite was was all those sort of really plain sort of navy dresses and, and with bits of um, sort of pink dripping in at the start. They were, they were sort of, sculpt, again, sculptural, like Givenchy, but in a very different way. At leisure, we, we all loved that, but it sort of it, it seems to be going slightly into balance. I mean, we all love to be comfortable, but I think we're trying to find ways of dressing up that just do not ridiculous. And obviously... of us aren't going to go out and wear a Givenchy Couture dress. But it's just this idea of trying to find a sort of way to be a bit more formal, a bit more effortful.
3: And zipped tweed at Chanel,
1: I read. Carl has discovered the zip. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I need to check this. When zips became permissible at Couture, but Couture used to... Until recently, had very, very strict rules. And and although people broke them a lot, uh, you know, a true couture, you weren't supposed to have zips. Everything was supposed to be buttons and hooks and eyes. And, you know, obviously everything's supposed to be hand-stitched, not machine-stitched. The interesting thing about them was that they made all the clothes very adjustable because you could unzip the sides of skirts, unzip the uh, the, the sides of sleeves to make them wider. Uh, there were zips going sort of underneath busts of jackets. So, I mean, yes, it was all about the zip. The thing about Karl Lagerfeld is when he finds an idea that that um, amuses him, he just runs with it through everything. So it was zips in the day, zips in the night, zips in tweed, uh, zips in metallics.
3: Well, when you're paying couture prices, you kind of want maybe a jacket that works in two different ways.
1: I thought that was quite good. I mean, you know, <laughs> and they were also all about movement. I mean, that's the other thing. Okay, let's just... You know, I notice sometimes when I get uh, invited to lunches with all those sort of super rich clients that no one now wants to be a lady who lunches. They've all got jobs, right? Even if you can't quite work out what that job is, they will love telling you about their jobs. And they're all on the move. They're all busy. And so these were clothes, albeit in an incredibly rarefied way, but were quite flexible. That's what I take from it anyway.
3: So, Lisa, you're rushing off to, is it Armani this afternoon?
1: I am, yes. It's going to be in the uh, Palais de Chaillot, which is Joy of Joy. It's not a part the under the periphery, so, you know, things are looking up.
3: <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us.
1: Oh, actually, do you know, I tell a lie. I'm sorry, I'm completely introducing him. He's always had it there. But it's in the Italian Embassy, just as well I checked. Thank you, podcast, because I'd have gone to the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> Always happy to be a server.
3: Sitting alongside fashion editors on front rows are A-listers Vanessa Paradis, Penelope Cruz and Kate Bosworth, all dressed to the nines in the fashion house's latest designs. Which is why French First Lady Brigitte Macron, seen at the Giambattista Battista show, had us talking. In the past, Macron's signature Louis Vuitton mini-dresses and Balmain suits haven't always hit the mark. So this week, she chose a red T-shirt, blue jeans and tan boots to sit front row. What does everybody think of Macron's make-under?
4: Um, well, I mean, I, I'm not really Macron's biggest um, cheerleader in, in any outfit. I always think she looks a bit like the woman from um, There's Something About Mary, you know, the old woman, very tanned. I don't think it's bad. I mean... It's just surprising. She's
2: normally so done. The hair's still quite boofy. She's got very boofy hair. Maybe she was just popping by after being somewhere else. Yeah. You don't know what else she had on It's that a couture show, Caroline. This is true. She's, I, she's, cool. she's a busy woman. She not just pop by. I agree. It was pretty unexpected. Like Usually when someone like that goes to an event like that, they would be in... Well, in her case, it's always a Louis Vuitton suit. It's always a strange blue mini skirt. A mini a mini mini skirt with a super sharp blazer. So it was quite jarring. And especially once it's, it's almost like you can imagine when she got there and she sort of took a quick scan of who else was on the front row and saw them all in all the finery. You can imagine being that person who's suddenly like, Oh crap, I've really underdressed.
3: It's also, you know, she's not the idea that we have in our minds of effortless French mm. style, because she's much more perhaps
4: south of France, than
3: Paris. She's bling.
4: Yeah, she's a bit waggy, isn't she? She's is a bit waggy.
3: You know, I wonder if she's kind of read the headlines, felt that everyone thinks she overdoes it. She yeah. kind of doesn't even reel real sometimes. She's mm. so kind of every hair perfectly in place. Also, it was
4: very hot yesterday in Paris. Like, she's got on a, you know, a heavy jean, a boot, a long sleeve top. Sweaty. Mm. But did you see Nikki Hilton? No. Who was slightly more... I'm, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to... Where is it? So here she is, she's wearing, um, got the gallery up, telegraph.co.uk, so she's wearing a pair of red cat-eye sunglasses, are they Celine? We don't know. And a Dior ticker tape shoe with a skinny jean that does look a bit target, blah, 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 anyway, sleeveless white top, which says, compassion can't wait. Take that, Melania.
3: We've got these two kind of going for very low-key, paired-back looks, Mm -hmm. but the rest of us are glamming up. Between January and March, searches for trainers outnumbered those for heels two to one on global fashion search platform List. But since April, heels have taken the lead and there are four times as many searches for dresses as for jeans. I'm championing the return of dressing up in this week's paper. Who's with me?
2: I am. I love getting <laughs> dressed up. And I always... You <laughs> it. Well, exactly. I actually have to say, I always think I get a little bit more dressed up when I go out in Essex than I do when I go out in London Mm. because of the fact that everyone around me makes a bit more effort. If I'm going out with certain London friends, I know that they're going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot more casual. Whereas if I go out with certain friends in Essex, I know they're all going to be that bit more dressed up. So I need to up the game too. I'm just so bored of dressing (laughs) down. I'm so bored of Mm. trainers with everything.
3: It was refreshing for a while. Because you thought, oh, it's so comfortable and I can wear trainers to cocktails. I don't want to wear trainers to cocktails. Yeah, it's
4: subversive, didn't it?
3: Yeah. Now I just feel underdressed. And I think the whole designer-trainer thing
4: just doesn't sit right with me somehow. I have those Stella ones. I love them. But it's Do too hot you? for them at the moment. I love my Stella dad trainers. you got the trainers. bubble sole ones. I, with, the, with the the rainbow stripe along the bottom. White. I mean, I, they're so comfortable. They're like clouds. How, how much were they? I blocked it out. I don't know. But they <laughs> were my they were my coming back to work panic. But not panic. Just, you know, I was on maternity leave for a year. I bought trainers, to be fair. I had been wearing trainers all year. It wasn't like I went and bought. But actually, I did buy a pair of heels, which I had worn once. But yeah, that was part of my back to work shopping.
3: Do you have occasions to dress up for? And what will you be wearing to them? I do.
4: I do. I don't know.
3: Because last summer was all about the jewelled sandal. And it was, oh, this is great. You don't have to wear heels to any of your summer occasions because you can just wear these jewelled sandals. But heels are now outselling everything on, you know, they're the best-selling shoe on Net-A-Porter yeah. is the heel.
4: Well, the thing is, I would always tend to do, like, a mid-heel for a wedding, irrespective of um, trends.
3: But also, you know, jewellery is coming back. So yeah. We've had kind of lots of events on in London, um, the Serpentine Summer Party, the V&A summer party. Uh, Bianca Jagger, mm. who I always think looks beautiful and is often wearing Prada, um, was wearing this floral dress and she wore Prada platform sandals, gold ones. and well, the night's quite hot though. Well, the main color in her dress was red and then she had a big red beaded necklace, red and gold earrings that tied in the shoes. And then red and gold bangles. Yeah,
4: bangles. What she'd an done a outstanding full
3: standing effort. She'd done the full jewelry set. Yeah,
4: it was, it was proper.
3: And after last year, Loved when it was it. kind of you just wear oversized earrings and nothing else. Yeah, or just t-shirt. one,
4: just one stupidly big just earring. One really big
2: earring, brushing your shoulder. Yeah, of your t-shirt. Silly, silly. I interviewed Daphne Self for last weekend's Stella cover, and she was talking all about this. She's just turned ninety, and obviously she's been working in fashion since 1949 or something fabulous like that and she she was sort of saying about all the different eras of dressing up that she's seen come and go and like the biggest change she thinks she's seen is that people have stopped making an effort and her favorite era to have ever lived and worked in was the 50s because of all of that you know everybody just was dressed up all day every day but she said that was easier to do than to 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 put on sort of jeans and a t-shirt because actually like people had you know a skirt and a jacket which matched perfectly every time all they had to do was put that on and they were ready to go and they look great so it's just as easy
3: what's your take on macrons make under and are you dressing up this summer get in touch at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk I'll admit, I usually give any World Cup news a wide berth, but after losing to Belgium, the Japanese team gave us all a lesson in losing well, cleaning their Russian changing room until it was spotless and leaving a thank you note in Russian. Japanese fans even stayed back to collect rubbish from the stands. I haven't seen manners like that since, well, it's been a while. Have we lost the art?
4: They're like the little Wombles, aren't they?
3: (laughs) It was just so touching. Litter-picking
4: all over the stadium. I loved it.
3: Oh. I mean, way to be the goody goodies of the tournament. Yeah. just imagine some English football fans if if we'd lost. Uh. Carnage, <laughs> carnage. We don't need to imagine. We we see pictures of it every time. You know, England lose. Yeah, a match.
4: bad PR, bad PR. The English fans. But the Japanese, one guy had like a sort of sumo wrestler hat on. They were in costume, which could have made it even sadder. It was quite. It was. Yeah, it was a brutal loss though. Brutal. They lost it in that like, the last thirty seconds. So you were actually watching this? Of course, one. I was watching it.
3: <laughs> I was just—you weren't watching it? To, no, obviously not. Oh. You
2: just, you just came to watch them clear up. It was at amazing. The end. It was <laughs> amazing. I was
3: the peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we really use that level of good manners in, in Britain anymore. No. Do you?
4: Or anywhere? I mean, no I still one cleans s- up after themselves. No, but
3: they? I try, I try to send a handwritten thank you card, but they're often very very late. I mean, how late mm. is too late?
4: Our day. I have this constant, um constant think, like guilt now, basically, because people are always giving my daughter presents, and I'm just, I'm really, I'm shit, I'm just terrible at sending any kind of thank you text or Instagram message card It's just... So I just, I have another level of guilt that I've not only properly said thank you for my own gifts, but for her as well, I I'm like, oh, before. if we're just going to think we're like the rude people, you just... Take all the stuff and, I mean, you know. (laughs) But she gets given a lot, you know, it's hard.
3: Glamorous life of a one-year-old when your mum's a fashion editor.
4: Oh, don't even get me started on the cashmere, it's ridiculous.
3: Cashmere for children? Yeah,
4: no, she's been sent, like, I mean, I'm not not hand-washing your clothes, but yeah, she has been (laughs) sent... (laughs)
2: and ages hand washing just to bomb on it again ten she's minutes not allowed to wear, no. Caroline,
3: your, your wedding planning, what's your kind of approach? Oh. Are you doing...
4: Are people, are you <laughs> Do people have to... Have you sent
3: out um stamped RSVP cards?
2: No, I you know have. people send out the stamped envelopes? I have a wedding website which people can Ooh. log on and RSVP Modern. to. <laughs> Not all <day>. of you. <laughs> Just the invited people with and the password. the URL is. Noted, it, note it, Charlie. Um, you got that domain name? Did it, did, it, did it necessarily work? No. Some people didn't get it. Some people still sent, like, an RSVP card. Oh, well, that's nice. Some people sent a text. Some. But people, they have actually replied. Some people rang my husband-to-be's mum and (laughs) rsvp via her, inviting their additional children, who were not invited, which we then had to go back via. If you're
3: listening, Caroline likes you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Since the Royal Wedding, the Duchess of Sussex's evolving style has been a talking point at Telegraph HQ. But we're amateurs, compared to a group of superfans making it their business to know everything about her wardrobe. Bethan, you interviewed them for this week's paper.
0: Just how invested are they? Um, I don't know if I could possibly overstate how invested they are. <laughs> These women are just um, another breed, I think. They're, most of them are in America and Canada, and they're of that sort of you know super fan ilk where they just absolutely, completely and utterly love the royal family. For some of them, they just generally love all things royal, and were telling me about how they've like immersed themselves in medieval history in order to be able to understand royalty today. For some of them, they just, you know, I think what what they kind of are trying to say is really that they just want to be Kate Middleton. Um, but kind of when they're talking about how they sort of they just her. Beca- yeah, and that how they were just in awe of her glamorous lifestyle, dating Prince William in like i don't know whenever Did it was the 2000s memorabilia no i think it it's less memorabilia more the actual kind of emulating the style it's the being
4: them yeah the dressing yeah up, it's the, the replicates, ha- yeah
0: having the hair the um yeah the swooshy brunette hair yeah and the the replicates the repli megan's it's a shame and,
4: that Meg- <laughs> cause it's not as good replicate i've also heard marcollette
2: uh, mooted as well as a mm. as a possible name a yeah can you talk um, us through the logistics of this though so if they're in idaho are they mm. like sitting at a computer waiting for megan to get off the train in run at 9 a.m yeah yeah and and they're just One poised them, they ready um, to go they
0: they wake each other up they like send messages and saying messages. are you awake it's 4 a.m you know this you know, royal outing is about to happen. Um, and they are just insanely on it. I actually like lived this experience slightly well not slightly but kind of at the weekend I just like casually looked at Twitter and when I kind of picked it up, there was just like this flurry of tweets from all of them talking about this dress Megan was wearing. I hadn't even seen the picture yet. And as you all know, you know, I kind of make it my business to see every picture of Megan. Repli Bethan. Jobs Bethan? These women, yes, a lot of them Ed. do. One of them, who I, who we we were talking about, she creates um, Kate-themed memes. She juggles doing the memes and replicating to a serious extent with running her own wreath-making company. Um
2: really? Which that is a that is a twist I did not see coming. Yeah. Okay. Well, I suppose that maybe allows for the four a.m. wake Wreath up. Wreath is quite yeah. um, a
4: seasonal.
2: Business.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I think Does in America no? they have a lot of wreaths. Like that are sort a of wreath for, for every occasion. Yeah, wreaths. yeah, funereal oh, and yeah. that yeah, kind like of thing. Easter wreath, Fourth of July wreath, Labor Day
2: wreath. Mm-hmm.
0: Charlie knows all about the wreaths. I'm just, I'm just
2: spitballing. <laughs> wreaths here. and Royals. Yeah, <laughs> two specialist subjects. <laughs>
0: and a- actually, as well, a lot of them are kind of IT experts, and they use their professional IT knowledge to be as fast off the mark as possible so the girl who found this dress that Megan was wearing at the weekend is able to kind of hack into like the archives <laughs> of websites to wow. find so she could like look at like what a website looked like like last summer and then she can find all the stuff that we cannot currently find so it's out of stock she knows she knows magic powers wow.
3: but so they Are they actually buying, you know, especially Meghan's wardrobe is quite expensive, a lot of it. Are they actually buying these clothes?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, they've all bought that M&S fascinator that Meghan wore. They've all got, like, Kate's Ray-Ban sunglasses. Um, They've all got, like, the jeans and stuff. But, um, yeah, but then they also really pride themselves on, you know, if Meghan's wearing, like, a Givenchy dress, they'll all race to find an affordable version of it. So...
2: I've got those jeans, just saying.
0: You're a Reply <laughs> Megan.
2: I'm a Misha Nunu shirt away from a, whole <laughs> a full <Meghan> outfit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Watch out for Caroline launching for her
0: <laughs> Reply Megan
2: blog. Not on purpose. I didn't buy them. Okay, sure. Because of that. What jeans are they? They are mother denims. Oh, right. Um, love gun. Oh. Skinny. Mm. style and mm. she has them in a slightly different wash mm. I believe well, one blogger actually oh, told me <laughs> watch it.
0: um which I I really loved this that one blogger told me that Kate used to wear page jeans um and she loved the page jeans but then Kate swapped to Zara jeans but she didn't really like the Zara jeans so she stuck with the page jeans
3: she's actually out budgeted yeah the Duchess, yeah it? quite quite feet. <laughs> Kate's trying to be accessible no not having it but
0: you know I mean obviously this is like a whole other world but it's quite sweet you know how they're they're just completely enamoured in this world where a lot of women you know are confused by who should be their style influencers and you know you're bombarded with Love Island pictures and Kim Kardashian you know these women are holding up people like Megan and Kate as kind of lovely, ladylike, timeless people that they want to dress like, you know, and there's no harm in that.
3: For more on The Pretenders to the Royal Style Throne, pick up the paper or visit telegraph.co.uk forward slash fashion. And please tell us what you'd like to hear more or less of and send feedback and questions to unzip at telegraph.co.uk. We've nearly reached the end of the episode, but before we go, we've just got time to find out what everyone's excited
4: about this week. Ick? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again, it's football tonight. It's the Columbia I game. Mad. England no, Columbia, love it.
0: In, but by the time this episode comes out, we could be we locked down. Oh, don't say, don't say that. Why
3: it's would ours. you say that? Well I'm excited, um, because I'm going to House Festival oh. on oh. Thursday. Uh, so this is Soho House. Still sponsored put by on Waitrose. I <laughs> know, so middle class, isn't it? <laughs> Say her house, but on a festival, and it's normally out near Richmond, somewhere. Um, but this year it's at Kenwood House, and I'm very excited. Oh, Who's lovely. the headliner, Charlie? Um, wait a minute, I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> <She> Googling. <laughs> <laughs> like, Googling I don't know. <laughs> She's just saying. there for the pin. <laughs> look, guys, I'm pretty much just there for the food, as with all things. But <laughs> 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 Bands will play. I just don't want to get it wrong. Axe will play. go. Uh, Manic Street Preachers. Oh that's exciting. That. Then some people I've not heard of. Fat Man Scoop. But I'll mostly just be enjoying the sunshine. Lovely. At Kenwood House.
4: Lovely.
2: Caroline, how about you? Um well, I'm going going away on Sunday. We oh. booked a last minute break to Mallorca. I'm not going anywhere near the Love Island final, which Chrissy on our team is obsessed with Love Island. Seems to think I'm literally flying there to like make some sort of special guest appearance, but I'm not.
3: That's what you would say if you were flying yeah, exactly. there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we are going as far away from Magaluf and all of that <laughs> as possible and staying on the coast in Alcudia.
0: Bethan, what are you excited about this week?
2: Um, I am off
0: to Lake Como with Dolce & Gabbana.
4: Casual. <laughs> Just casually.
0: <laughs> like you have forgotten. Uh, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Out the water, no, it? no, no. Not casual. I promise you I'm having a wardrobe crisis. Oh. Can you borrow a crown? Yeah, I haven't haven't breached the subject of borrowing anything. Do you know, if you've got don't, one of the flashing yeah. crowns, you really don't need anything else. Yeah, just yeah. a black dress yeah. because it's just such a simple style up. solution.
4: <laughs> it would be a
3: statement. Thanks for listening. Check back next week for another episode of Fashion Unzipped.
1: <laughs> Selling a little or a lot?